0: Here I go. Three, two, one. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Slayer Survive. I'm Danny, and I'm alone this week. Carly will not be joining me for this episode of the podcast. She actually had some major stuff happen to her this week, but I'm not going to say anything. It's good news, so don't worry about that, Um, but I'm going to let her tell you about it next week. And this week, I'm not going to be reading my Slayer because I want to keep with the theme of one Slayer and one Survivor with Carly next week. So I'm actually going to be telling you about a listener email that we received in January this year. I can't believe it's taken me this long to get to it because it's uh, such a good email. There's a lot in it, and I think it's also very relevant to the story I told a few weeks ago about the sexual assault survivors, um, especially after watching the Audrey and Daisy Netflix special, so please go watch that. I'm now going to read you the email we received sent in by Lynn. She actually wrote a second email I'm going to save that for another time and I promise it will not be one year later. So the subject of this email is I'm a survivor but having issues telling myself I'm a survivor. And she writes, Dear Slay or Survive sisters, first, I have to say I love you guys. I just got into listening to podcasts like maybe a month ago and just found you guys. So I'm binging. So this was in January of 2020. Um, so hopefully, Lynn, you're caught up by now and still a listener uh, and you're listening to this episode. And thank you for being such a fan. So Lynn says, I wanted to write and tell my story of two sexual assaults, and I'm going to change names for fear that anyone in these stories could be listening. And here we go. Every girl has that one friend that is like a sister and know everything about each other and are usually always seen together. So I'm going to call her Kira. Kira and I were always together. I mean, our boyfriends had to be cleared by each other before they ever met the family. Kira and I knew each other for like 15 or 16 years, which was more than half of our lives at this point. When she was dating a kid from high school and I didn't like him, I managed to get them to break up while at the same time a friend of ours had a friend who she liked. I'll call him Carl. So I managed to set Carl and Kira on a date and they're still together today as far as I know. And please don't say ah. So I won't say ah. And this is why Carl was turning 21 While Kira, myself, and my fiancé at the time now husband, you can say awe for us because we're still together despite what has happened to me. So congrats, Lynn, that you guys are still together. At least I can say awe now. So she's going to call her husband Kevin. The three of them were already 21. Carl is turning 21 at this point. So we all get liquor to celebrate. We drank so much that when we were playing Monopoly, Kira was paying me money to get out of jail. She eventually says goodnight. We were playing blackjack, but then somehow Carl convinced Kevin and I to play strip poker. Usually I'm good at poker, but I lost my clothes first, but the guys were nice to let me use a blanket to cover myself. Carl says he's going to sleep. Kevin and I couldn't sleep, so we had sex. I didn't realize it until years later that Carl was watching us. Kevin got sick and went outside to throw up because the only bathroom was in Kira and Carl's bedroom. So Kevin is outside throwing up and I'm waiting for him to come back in when Carl starts to finger me. I pretended to be asleep, but he kept trying to finger me. He was fondling my breasts. He pulled his penis out and was trying to get me to give him a handjob. Again, I pretended to be asleep. This time he tried to put his dick in my mouth when Kevin started to make a noise that he was coming inside. Carl took off and all this happened in about 10 minutes. I instantly sobered up but was too scared to say anything. Kevin and I fell asleep. Oh, I don't know how you could sleep after that. I'm sure it wasn't easy. My God. The next morning, I didn't say anything and just made it seem like I had a hangover, even though I didn't. About six hours later, Kira and Carl took us home because at the time I needed a transmission for my car and Kevin needed a new engine for his motorcycle. On the way home, I asked Kevin if he had a towel so I could take a shower. After we got home, Kevin went and got the mail and I was on the bed crying. I was so scared that Kevin still wouldn't want to marry me or have anything to do with me. He dropped the mail and slammed the door and came running to me. He thought he did something that made me mad. And I cried that hard, ugly, disgusting cry while explaining what happened. He turned the shower on and we took a shower together because I was so scared to be alone. I lost all but one friend because Kira and I had the same friends. I told Kira that night what happened and Carl admitted to it all but said he couldn't remember what he did. Everyone was in tears. They were apologizing to me, but when she told her mom, who was like a second mom to me for years... She spun the story and said I was the one who did this to Carl. Because of this, Kira and Carl moved to another state. One time before they moved, I saw Carl riding a bicycle on the sidewalk. Kevin was in the passenger seat and I had an anxiety attack. Kevin had to make me pull over and calm me down. Life was really hard. Kira and I had a matching tattoo and I got that covered up And to this day, I cannot watch a movie or show that has Steve Buscemi because Carl looked like a younger version of him. So that is her first sexual assault story. So I'm going to pause. I didn't want to interrupt the story too much to make my comments, but now I'm going to comment. So first of all, that's disgusting what Carl did uh, and for Kira to stay with him, even though he admitted to it, but said he couldn't really remember what happened. It's a bit confusing. I'm glad that you trusted your fiancé, Kevin, enough to tell him what really happened. It sounds like he stuck by you since I said, aw that you're still together. It sounds like he did stick by you and didn't blame you at all for what happened, which, of course, it wasn't your fault. Uh, But I know a lot of people can feel that way when they go through these types of attacks. So props to Kevin for being so understanding and being there for you and also not beating the living shit out of him. Um, and hopefully Kira figures out that she made the wrong move choosing Carl over you. All right. That's all I'm going to comment on this first one, because we have another second story that Lynn wrote that I'm going to move on to later. And she says this other one happened three years later. At this time, I'm married to Kevin. So buck yeah, all is still in order. Good job, Kevin, for being there. My next door neighbor lost her husband a few years prior due to drinking and he had cirrhosis of the liver. I'll call her Mary Jane because I know she hates that name. (laughs) Uh, Okay, Mary Jane. So Mary Jane had a half sister, Mandy, who moved in about two months later and Mandy's ex-boyfriend Mike moved in with them. A side story real quick is that Mandy was over at my house, which at the time Kevin and I were staying with one of his co-workers. Mandy tried to commit suicide after I dropped her and her dog off and she walked in on Mike and Mary Jane finishing up with sex. Mandy freaked and I had to drive back with Kevin to visit her in the hospital. A few months later, Mandy moves back in with her mom Mike stayed with Mary Jane, but she moved out shortly after because she met someone online. So to keep Mike company, we would hang out and he's a chef or claims to be. Oof. Okay, so let me just recap quickly. So you and Kevin are now married and living next door to Mary Jane and her half sister, Mandy. And the ex-boyfriend for some reason, Mike, was also living there. But Mandy caught Mary Jane and her ex-boyfriend having sex, and that's why she wanted to commit suicide. So that's a side story, and that's already a lot to take in. Okay, well, at least Mike, the ex-boyfriend, claims to be a chef, so I hope he's cooking for y'all if you guys are hanging out with him all the time. So jumping back into her story, it was Memorial Day and I just got off work. Retail sucks, man. <laughs> I can't imagine working on a holiday. Quick note, I never worked in retail Or at a restaurant or anything. I used to work at a daycare when I was in high school and college. And the main reason why I did that, well, I do like children, of course, but also because I just didn't want to work on holidays or weekends because it's just too many people to fucking deal with. So I'm so sorry, Lynn, that you had to deal with that shit. And everything else that you're writing about, of course. All right, so retail sucks. I go to a butcher shop and got two bison steaks, which are amazing. I totally agree. Bison burgers and bison steaks are also the best thing ever. I can't find them here in Belgium. Um, I don't know why. Mike cooked them on the grill with asparagus. We had a few drinks and went swimming in the pool. Next thing I know, he's coming towards me and picked me up. I instantly grabbed my nose because I thought he was going to toss me into the water like you do with friends or kids, just having fun. No. He started to fondle my breasts and I could feel his penis on my back, so I started to go towards the steps and Mike at first wasn't going to let me go, but then he did. Then he sat down outside to smoke a cigarette and I ran inside, locked the bedroom door, then went into the bathroom and locked that door as well. I changed, packed up my shit, and as I was grabbing my cigarettes and phone from the backyard where Mike was, when he asked if we were still going to be friends after this. Oh god, the nerve. I stopped, looked at him while shaking, and said no. I left and walked next door to my house, took a shower, and went to Kevin's job. I called him and asked when he was going to his next break, and he said that he had just finished one, and asked why. I was trying not to cry and told him I'll sit out front of the warehouse until his next break. He knew something was wrong and came outside. I rolled down the window and started crying before I could tell him. I told him it happened again, and he knew what I was talking about instantly. He grabbed me from the car and just held me while I cried. He gave me some money to go and get ice cream or whatever I wanted and asked me if I was going to the police. I had to sit in the police station for an hour before a female officer got there. We sat there and I told her what happened while crying, and she kept telling me, It's not my fault, it never was. And she was telling me statistics about sexual attacks, rapes, and domestic violence. She was helpful. She had me write a statement and said it was up to me to get it notarized and to bring it back within three days if I was going to press charges. I did get it notarized, but I did not press charges on either Carl or Mike. My husband, Kevin, is the most amazing man in the world. As soon as he found out what Carl had done, he tried for hours to get Kira and Carl's address because he was going to kill him. I had to get my brother, my dad, and my brother's friends to stand down. My brother Chris and his friends are 6-10 to years older than me, so if I ever had any issues, I had a mini-army of men that would destroy someone if something happened to me. The reason I didn't go through with pressing charges is because of the victim blaming that I was already getting from my friends. That's why the Me Too and Time's Up movement was hard but freeing for me in so many ways. My husband has dealt with my depression, anxiety, and antisocial behavior. He has been my rock and without having him to lean on, at the time I would have killed myself because it was so bad. One time I was standing in line at Walmart to return something when a guy grabbed my ass and I flipped out. I started crying hysterically, screaming at him for violating my personal space. I still have serious space issues. There have been times I started to break down during sex because he would put his hand somewhere and it would send me back to being assaulted. I'm getting better with this part. I hope me writing this story, even if you just tell a little of it, can help or save someone. I still have daily and social anxiety. I used to talk to people every day. Now I can go days without saying a word, even if I'm in the house with someone. I'm so sorry this is so long, but I was going to write about my motorcycle accident that happened a year before the attack. That alone I have PTSD from. I have very little memory that night, and the after effects are even worse migraines, arthritis, pinched nerves, herniated discs, and scoliosis in the same spot as everything. I am a survivor of two sexual attacks, though nowhere near as bad as the stories I've heard. I'm sorry for writing so much. Thank you for reading and thank you for making the podcast. Sincerely, Lynn. Lynn, thank you so much for writing about your personal attacks and being strong enough to share them and letting me share them as well, because I did ask you if I could read them on air, which you agreed to, which I think is very brave. Um, So I'm just going to now digest some of what you just said in your second story. First about the guy at Walmart grabbing your ass. I think your response was warranted. Nobody should be able to just grab someone's ass that they don't know in a public place, Um, especially after the Me Too movement. I don't know when this happened, but I think that raised a lot of awareness uh, for women and what can and cannot be done to them and their bodies. So I don't think that that was a wrong response from you at all. I also love how you mentioned you have a mini army of men that would destroy anybody if they did something to you. I'm so jealous of that. I talk about my younger brother, Michael, on the podcast a lot. And now that he's in college and he's taller than me, I do think you could kick someone's ass. So, Michael, if you're listening, kick someone's ass who does something to me, Okay. And then to address, of course, the main purpose of the story, which is Mike grabbing you and sexually assaulting you. Um, It sounds, again, a lot like what Carl did. uh, Less so, maybe, because it didn't go as far as what Carl did to you. But it's still just as bad. Of course, you're still dealing with the trauma that you went through with Carl, which was three years earlier. And then, again, for Mike to invade your personal space, grab you, start touching you. I don't know how you were so strong to move on. Um, Again, you had Kevin, who's this great support system for you. You mentioned if it wasn't for him, you would have been in a worse place. So again, props to you, Kevin, and also for you, Lynn, for being able to open up and share this with him and trust him enough. And then also, last thing maybe about your motorcycle accident, you just mentioned at the end here, how you have scoliosis and everything on top of it. I don't know if I've ever said on the podcast, but I had very bad scoliosis when I was a teenager. Um, It got worse and worse through puberty when I was growing, and it was so bad that I actually had to have surgery. So I have a titanium rod in my back, Uh, And so I know the pain of scoliosis and then everything you mentioned on top of it to go through this motorcycle accident, have physical pain that you're dealing with. And then a year and more later to have this emotional pain as well. I just want to say again, I've been saying it the whole time. You're very strong and I give you so much credit for opening up and being able to share this with everybody. So thank you so much, Lynn, for writing in. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this special episode. We will be back next week with our regular program. So I'll be covering a Slayer and Carly will be covering a Survivor. And I will be in the U.S. next week when we record. So it should be even more fun being with Carly in person, face-to-face, telling our stories. It's just going to be even better. So thanks again, everybody, and have a great week. Until next time. Bye.